What's up, you guys? It is draft day, baby! It is time for the NFL Draft 2021 to commence. I cannot wait to be along with you guys for the ride. Currently at this time, it is 7.50 p.m. The draft starts in 10 minutes. After every single pick, I will come back to the microphone and give you guys my analysis on every first-round selection. I'm going to be giving grades. I'm going to be talking about the next pick coming up. I'm going to be analyzing trades. I'm going to be doing all of that. So there's going to be a lot of cut in and outs, but I'm going to overall give my live analysis for each. That is just so that I have the credibility of I don't need to be looking at anybody else's grades. This is strictly just off of my mind, right on the mind reaction. I'm going to be giving it to you guys straight how it is, good and bad picks. I cannot wait to get it started. And I'll come back to the microphone once Trevor Lawrence likely goes to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'll see you guys then. What is up, you guys? The Jacksonville Jaguars just picked their pick, and it was, as I expected, Trevor Lawrence. Initial draft grade, A+. This is one of the best talents that we've seen coming out of the draft in the last 5-10 years. Even just watching on the thing, watching on the TV, seeing his 6-5, 6-6 frame, easily putting the ball anywhere. He really has so limited flaws. He's going to change the city of Jacksonville. Seeing the smiles on the fans' faces just makes this such a slam dunk pick. I think that the Jacksonville Jaguars are headed in the right direction with Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence. I think, I mean, we already knew it was the pick, so I don't need to give much analysis to this, but A++ for sure. Up next is the New York Jets, and I will be back with their pick as soon as they make it. And with the second pick in the NFL draft, the New York Jets just selected Zach Wilson, quarterback at a BYU. This one also don't have to give much analysis to it. It is very straightforward. It has been this pick for a while. And as a Jets fan, I can personally say that I am ecstatic. I know that it's the same thing every single year. We are just hoping that this is going to be the franchise changer. But I really think that this guy's off-footed mechanics in the Shanahan play-action system will really be something very special. The organization has changed. They have improved their wide receivers. And I see this as a definite A-plus pick. I really love what the way that the Jets are headed. I think that their free agency signings were really good. They now can capitalize by, I hope that they still go offensive line at the 23rd pick. But as of right now, Zach Wilson, the new starting quarterback of the New York Jets, A-plus pick for sure. I will see you guys at the third pick, really when the draft starts at the 49ers pick in a second. And the smokescreen was successful. The San Francisco 49ers at the third pick take quarterback Trey Lance out of North Dakota State. This is not surprising. I mean, my mock was correct. This is who I ultimately had them getting. It was ultimately down to Mac Jones or Trey Lance, and they officially went with Trey Lance. I think that Trey Lance, also in that Niners play action Shanahan style offense is going to be spectacular I, I said it on the podcast earlier but I really think that whoever is in this Niner system will be the best quarterback out the gate there is a chance that this is going to be a one-year sit behind Garoppolo now that they have they kept Garoppolo on the roster I could definitely see a scenario where they move off of Garoppolo tonight or this weekend for sure but as of right now, it's looking like the Trey Lance show. They have the whole Super Bowl roster already built around them. This is, in my opinion, personally, it was improved because Debo's gotten better. Ayuk is now there. Kittle is back and healthy. They got Trent Williams, obviously. So I think the pieces are all in place. He has so much potential. I definitely think he needs to be worked, but it's one of those situations 
scenarios where you already love the team that's going to build them. So many times people are like, oh, is it the place that you get drafted or the place that you go? And this is, he got drafted high and he still got to go to one of the most legendary franchises that consistently puts out incredible quarterbacks. Um, now when I'm grading it, I have got to, okay, I'm think this, I'm flushing out all my opinions here for you guys. I want to get, I'm going to give it an A because while it's not an A plus because they would have probably rathered Zach Wilson or Trey Lance or Trevor Lawrence to probably fall to them. They still got, in my opinion, the best, the next best player available. They got the guy that they feel most comfortable with and they got a position that was clearly their position that they needed to get to reach that Super Bowl win, not just reach the Super Bowl with Garoppolo. They needed to get somebody else in the quarterback position. So they did that. This is who they feel comfortable with. I'm going to give this pick an A. And now we have the Atlanta Falcons on the clock. I think that this is a very big trade candidate. We'll see. We'll wait and see. There's a chance that it's Kyle Pitts. There's a chance that it's Justin Fields or Mac Jones. We will see once the pick comes out. And with the fourth pick in the NFL draft, the Atlanta Falcons go out and get tight end out of Florida, Kyle Pitts. Now, I am really not sure how to feel. I am put at a crossroads. I had been anticipating the entire time that this pick was either going to be a quarterback or traded for a quarterback. My initial grade, as soon as I said it, I blurted out C+. I think that this is a C plus pick, and I'm going to stick to my guns with that. This is C+, assuming that he becomes the top five tight end that everyone talks about in the league. I think that even if he does become exactly what he's touted out to be, he is still not going to be a good pick. That is a C plus pick, for sure. The, my reasoning, they already have such a stacked receiving core with a quarterback that's aging, no running back, a pretty bad offensive line, definitely below average, and an atrocious defense. I can almost guarantee that teams were calling up with some sort of offer to trade down, and they could have had the ability to get multiple firsts plus a defender that would bring their defense from worst to at least average. A lockdown corner would have been so necessary. Micah Parsons would have been necessary. Jalen Phillips and one of the edge rushers would have been so necessary. All those feel like much better picks, even at four. But to go tight end, even for as, as highly touted as he is, that I still feel like it's such a wasted opportunity to rebuild your entire organization through multiple picks in the draft rather than just going one. I mean, we really haven't seen the tight end be the one that's elevating the entire team. Ironically, the teams with good tight ends have done really well, but I don't think that it's at the expense of the tight end. So what I see, like, I see Ridley and him becoming two of the best receivers over the next 10 years and having one of the best receiving cores, but Matt Ryan has got to be out in the next three years, I would assume, still getting paid a very big buck, so it's going to be very hard to rebuild that defense with Matt Ryan's huge contract, and their defense is still going to be dwindling off and I still and I think that that's going to ultimately keep them from the playoffs at least this coming year probably the year after and it like it feels like a Saquon Barkley pick it's he's so talented he's so incredible but when you look at everybody else that was available even if you're getting like a mid tackle might be so much better than a top five tight end we're seeing literally this year 
the list of top tight ends fluctuated so much. Logan Thomas is now in it. Uh, Johnu Smith is randomly jumping in it. Uh, Gesicki and Hawkinson and all these guys. Like, it's always fluctuating so much. So I would just have to say, for as much as he does have pure talent, and I do really think that he is going to be a fantastic tight end in this league, this first year, he is a top 10 tight end pickup in fantasy football for sure. He's going to expand the Falcons offense, but not so much more than it's already been. I ultimately give this pick a C plus. And also, one of the guys that I was extremely high on going into this season, Hayden Hurst, will now likely be all but irrelevant unless they run multiple two tight end sets, which I don't see them because I know that they really like Russell Gage. Uh, Julio might be on his way out, and then maybe there's a position change where Kyle Pitts goes to receiver, but ultimately this is probably going to take Hayden Hurst completely out of the equation. So I don't love that aspect of it either. I will see you guys with the next pick when the Cincinnati Bengals make their selection. And with the fifth pick in the NFL draft, the Cincinnati Bengals select Jamar Chase, wide receiver out of LSU. That is right, ladies and gentlemen, Joe Burrow has teamed back up with his historical connection from LSU, Jamar Chase, making them, in my opinion, has got to be already, even though all three of them are so young, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and Jamar Chase is a top 6-7 receiving court in the NFL completely, for sure. I really do like their tackles. I don't think that they're incredible. And uh, like I said in my last thing, I do think Penny Sewell should have been the pick. It would have been a lot better for them to protect for Joe Burrow. But this is now going to be such an explosive offense. Burrow does have the capability to make an offensive line look a little bit better. Obviously, the injury was very bad last year. And you're going to do what you're going to do with that. Hopefully, they're expecting Jonah Williams to take the step up. They're expecting Riley Reef to be a really good placeholder in there. I think Joe Mixon officially will get a, I'm not going to say we'll make the jump into the top five running back conversation, but it'll definitely be efficient. And I really like the way that this offensive is going. I'm not going to give it anywhere in the A range because I do think that protecting Joe Burrow and getting another guy on that offensive line was the number one priority, but because they already have this stellar connection and I cannot disagree that he is the best receiver in this class and better than anybody in last year's class and stuff like that. I'm going to give this pick a B, a flat B. I think that he is going to be fantastic in the NFL, really great with Joe Burrow. You guys know how high I am on Joe Burrow, and I think that this is going to help elevate his game to a new level. It's I'm really excited to see what the Bengals have in store. I, I All I am hoping is that Jonah Williams can be what Penny Sewell might have been. They, the Bengals clearly feel so, so I am putting my faith in their organization. I think that this is a B pick. I am excited to see the LSU connection once again. I will see you guys at pick number seven. It looks like this is really turning into the give your young quarterback no excuses type draft as the Miami Dolphins at number six pick Jalen Waddell, wide receiver out of Alabama. Uh, I really like this pick. I don't, I'm still like figuring out exactly how to feel about it. I did have him ranked higher than Devonta Smith. I think that this also is going to give the Dolphins such an explosive receiving core. Now, Devonta, Parker, Will Fuller, 
Preston Smith, Mike Kosicki, and now Jalen Waddle. I really love this core. I think that this is, again, giving two a zero questions. I personally might have traded down if I were them. I think that you can get a lot of draft compensation at that place when Mac Jones and Justin Fields are still on the board. They could have maybe done a tackle, which I think might have been a little, little, little bit better just because I'm a big Preston Williams fan and I think that he has a lot of potential. This is going to kind of make him irrelevant as well, but he is a Tyreek Hill clone I would go as far as to say he's definitely the closest thing we've seen to Tyreek Hill coming out of the draft since Tyreek Hill he's so speedy he's what they wished Jakeem Grant could be uh I really like this pick I'm overall gonna give it a B plus I think it's a little bit better than the B pick because they have a, a little 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 bit better of an O-line than the Cincinnati Bengals, so I felt like it was a lot more warranted for them to take a receiver over Penn Sewell, but overall, I still think that when you look back, as good as Jalen Waddle might be, I think that if Penn Sewell becomes a Hall of Famer, they're definitely going to regret that, and or if Fields or Mac Jones goes on to be a good quarterback, and they still really do have question marks about Tua, then it'll also be a question pick, but I think that for the talent that they got at that pick, it has got to be a B plus. I, I an A would be if they were to trade back and still get him, but at the place that they took him, I think that this is a B-plus selection. I will see you guys with the seventh pick. And with the seventh pick in the NFL draft, the Detroit Lions go with Penne Sewell, the tackle out of Oregon. I think that this is the safest pick. You guys just heard a second ago. I'm talking about how fantastic he is. I really think that this is going to be a cornerstone. This is the rebuilding process. It's a first step. I know that the lines are so smash mouth, so hit them in your, or bite your kneecaps off is what they say. I think Penny Sewell is the exact form of bite your kneecaps off. So strong, going to solidify that O-line. I love that they still have Frank Ragnow. I think Taylor Decker is going to be on the other side. I, I obviously don't love going into the year with golf, but there's still so many great second-round receivers. I'm glad that they didn't go Devonta Smith. I think that that would have been a problem. I really had assumed that they were going to trade out of this pick. That was what I had in my mock, that the Patriots would trade up here. So far, there has been zero in-draft trades, but I think that this is the safest pick. They really can't go wrong with a tackle. It is the arguably second most important position in football. Goff is not going to be the long-term answer, but they will definitely lose a lot this year, and that is okay. That is how a rebuild starts. They are building it from the inside, from the trenches. I like the w this pick. I have to give it an A. There is no way around it. He is probably the most talented guy that's left on the board. He, he is the most talented guy that's left on the board. I would have probably given it an A+, plus if they had traded down and either gotten him... Slater, Parsons, Horn, maybe one of those guys, but staying there and taking the huge building block, left tackle, so important, I'm going to give that an A. I'll see you guys with the eighth pick. And with the eighth pick in the NFL draft, the Carolina Panthers select JC Horn, cornerback out of South Carolina. Uh, you guys heard me say it. I think that he's personally the best cornerback in this draft. I was one of very few that thought he was better than Sertan. And I was gosh darn right. I think that this is a fantastic pick for the Carolina Panthers. I think that there was some rumbling in me that thought that they'd go Devonta Smith, but they really are already fine on the receiving end. I think that it was either between Parsons, Sertan, or Horn, and they made the right pick by going Horn. This is going to be one of the nastiest corner duos that I remember in recent memory. This, oh my god, this defense is so amazing when I'm really thinking about it. The coverage linebacker in Shaq 
Zach Thompson. They're going to get to the quarterback with Derek Brown, Yatur Gross Matos, and Brian Burns. In their secondary, they've got Dante Jackson and, oh my god, and J.C. Horn, and then they also have Jeremy Chin at safety. I cannot wait to see what this Carolina defense cooks up. They already have a very efficient offense. I, I am a big believer in Sam Darnold and the talent that he has. If they can get that done, this team is looking like a 10-plus win team for sure. They are really solving every single position. I hope that they address middle linebacker in the second or third round, too. I definitely think if Parsons was the pick here, I would be happy with it, but I'm going to give this pick an a minus. It doesn't get the A or the A plus just because Horn has been climbing a lot. They could have traded down and maybe gotten someone similar, maybe gotten someone along those lines, but I really love the Horn pick. I think that he is going to elevate this defense. You can put him on an island. They have two island guys now. It is so rare that there's two guys that I think are speedy and good enough in coverage that you could just say, put him on your number one guy and we'll, we don't need to worry for the entire season. I love the way that the Carolina Panthers are going. I think this is a fantastic selection. A-minus pick for this one. Um, now we're going to check back in at the ninth pick when the Denver Broncos make their selection. And with the ninth pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Denver Broncos selected cornerback Patrick Sertan out of Alabama. Overall, I really don't know how to feel about this pick, and I think automatically I'm going to spew it out. I'm giving this a C+. I really like him as a talent, and I think that I, you guys know I feel really, really great about the Broncos going forward. This isn't not going to make them a top three to five defense in the NFL. It's definitely going to bolster it, but... They could have gone tackle, and they could have gone Micah Parsons. Instead, they added more depth to a position that I think they already have so, 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 so much depth in. I like, it's Kyle Fuller, Bryce Callahan, Ronald Darby, Michael Ojemudia, and then both of their corner, or both of their safeties are coverage guys in Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons. So they're now getting a seventh guy to add to their secondary. Obviously, you can't be playing all seven at the same time. Uh, Bryce Callahan has dealt with injuries in his past. I do understand that, and clearly they feel like that is a very, very, very big position that they need to make sure that they have solidified depth in, but I like uh, Ojemudia and whoever their fourth and fifth guy is there a lot more than I like Josie Jewell or their secondary middle linebacker. I would have liked A.J. Johnson and Micah Parsons a little bit more, and if you were going to make this pick, you could have definitely traded down. I'm honestly a little bit surprised that they didn't even go quarterback. I know that they just recently acquired Teddy Bridgewater for a sixth-round pick, but I still thought that they were going to be in the market, and with two quarterbacks there, they definitely didn't anticipate that both Fields and Mac Jones would be on the board at this point, but they both are, so... They, and they, instead of choosing one of the quarterbacks or even trading down and letting another team choose the quarterback, they instead took Sotan. It is going to, I think, out of all the position groups in the NFL, Broncos cornerback, Broncos secondary is top three out of everything. Maybe Chiefs quarterback and Buccaneers wide receivers are like the only things that compare at all, but... Uh, it's a fantastic unit, but overall I have to give it a C plus just compared to who else is on the board and what they could have done by trading down, where else they could have gone. No matter how talented he's going to be, it's definitely going to help out the team, but other players might have helped out a little bit more. That's just my first initial reaction. Obviously, haven't got to see him play on the field. He will excel. Th their edge rushers are going to be so, so good with Chubb and Von Miller, Shelby Harris on the inside, AJ Johnson's a pretty good tackling, and he can get to the quarterback. 
and their secondary will really shut everyone down week to week. It's going to make it very hard for the Chiefs. This is definitely going to be like a Tyreek Hill stopper for sure. But overall, what it could have been, what it was, C+. I'll see you guys at the 10th pick. And with the 10th pick in the NFL draft, the Philadelphia Eagles have traded up. They have traded the 12th pick and a third round selection to the Dallas Cowboys to go up and select Devonta Smith, wide receiver out of Alabama. Okay, overall, I'm not too sure how to feel about this. I think that honestly, I don't think that the Giants were too big of a contender to actually select him. So staying at 12, they still definitely could have gotten their guy. I think that Rashawn Slater or Micah Parsons would have affected their team long term a little bit more. I think that Rager still is very young, still has a lot of potential. I really like Travis Fulgham on the other side, but it definitely gives Jalen Hurts a big crotch. He's definitely a great receiver. I thought that he would actually fall past 15 due to his size, due to all the intangibles, but as a Heisman winner, wide receiver winning the Heisman, we really haven't seen that in years. I think that this is definitely the best wide receiver pick that the Eagles have done in a while. They've missed on a lot, a lot, a lot of wide receiver talents, but this this one is definitely a surefire hit. Uh, I am not going to go as far as to give it an A because I do think that the other two guys would have affected it more. And they actually had to give up a third, which I didn't think is totally necessary. So overall, I'm going to give it a B minus. I think that it goes in and it definitely contributes to the offense a lot right now. Not as much as another guy could, but it's definitely going to be a big helping hand for Jalen Hurts' progression. I'll see you guys at the 11th pick. And with the 11th pick in the draft, there is a second trade to announce. The Chicago Bears have traded their first rounder next year, their fourth this year, their fourth next year, and the 19th pick in the draft to move all the way up to 11 to go and select Ohio State quarterback Justin Fields. Finally, the man of the hour, the man who won the national championship, has flown off the board, and personally, I have got to give this pick an A-. I'm not going to give it an A, not going to give it an A+, but... For the position of need of quarterback, they were so high on Russell Wilson. They thought that they were going to get one of these big guys. Then at 19, people were like, oh, all the quarterbacks are going to go in the top five. The Bears aren't going to have the draft capability to move all the way up to five. If so, they'd need to give four first. But instead, they waited, let him fall, and then they got him in the perfect spot. I like I like picking him up right at 11. They only needed to give one first. I'm not going to give it an A or A+, plus because they did need to trade stuff to move up. So you're not only saying that he's the the potential of the 11th pick he's the potential of the 11th pick plus another first so he's got double riding on him this is an, the bears second time trading up for a quarterback we remember what happened last time that they did and it was mitchell trubisky which was an awful pick but if they really do feel confident that justin fields is their guy in the entire draft i'd like to hope that they were hoping 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 that he'd fall to a place similar to this and they could trade up if they really do feel so confident he is young he has the mentality of a winner and they did have to go all the way up into the top 10 to get him. I think that this is an A minus pick. Andy Dalton will likely be the starter day one, and I assume that Fields will sit under him for a year. Maybe, maybe, maybe this means that Al Robinson will stay. I don't know. I think that even when they traded up, there was still some possibility in my mind that they go Rashawn Slater and wait to go quarterback next year and still try to get back in the market for like uh, Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson or somebody of that caliber, but... I, they did it, they got the quarterback, they got the most important position, and now it's time to move forward. I think this is an A-minus pick, 
still very, very good. I know Patriots fans everywhere who were hoping that he could fall all the way to 15 are crying, crying, crying because they'd hoped that they could have gotten him. Instead, Bears trade up, mortgage their this and next year's future to get the most important position in the draft. I really like it. A minus. I'll see you guys at pick 12 with the Dallas Cowboys. And with the 12th pick in the NFL draft, the Dallas Cowboys have selected Micah Parsons, linebacker out of Penn State. I'm going to give this one an A-. Just seeing who else is on the board, the fact that they were able to also get a third-round pick for a guy that they definitely could have taken at 10, they got to add an additional pick. Th the fact that no one else did that in the top 10 really is upsetting me because I feel like that is such a quick and easy way to get good, is just to keep trading down, trading down, trading down the draft. But they did it small, got an extra third in the process, and added the best linebacker prospect in the draft. Their defense was below average for sure. I think that they would have probably rather gone one of the two corners but because they had already gone right before them they really didn't have an opportunity so they saw the opportunity that oh okay both the one and two guys on our board were gone they got to trade down and still got somebody at a position of need. Uh, they still have Jalen Smith. They still have Leighton Vander Esch. I think that they could have used Edge a little bit more, but it would have been too early for Jalen Phillips or Aziz Ojolari or Greg Rousseau or somebody like that. So getting Parsons, definitely going to clog up the middle. I think that they're going to have some really good run defense with those linebackers. I would... I really hope that they go edge rusher or interior D lineman in the second round, continue to work off that defense. I mean, they also still need to go corner for sure, but overall, I really like this pick. Just given who was on the board, given who they were able to take, they got to trade down, got to still get the best linebacker on the board, improving the weakest spot which is defense. I'm not going to say linebacker was the weakest on their entire defense, but he, he will help out the defense overall so much. I'm going to give that an A-, and I'll see you guys with the next pick. And with the 13th pick in the NFL draft, coming in with my third A-plus grade of the draft. Yes, I love this pick. Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern going to the LA Chargers, giving Justin Herbert from a top five worst O-line to, I've got to say, a top eight best. Uh, the addition of Corey Lindsley, Matt Filer, and now Rashawn Slater is so fantastic. I could have seen a world where they traded up for Rashawn Slater, where they traded up for Penny Sewell, where they traded and gave all these assets, and I still think I would have given it an A, A minus, something like that. The fact that they were able to stay where they are, not give anything, and let the second best tackle prospect, the second best O-line prospect, fall to them at 13. This is going to do so much wonders for Justin Herbert. Protect his blind side. It, uh, oh my gosh, I love it so much. He can now elevate so much. I'm so glad that they didn't go receiver, and I think that that would have put Mike Williams' great season in jeopardy. So now I think that this really propels Mike Williams. Eckler is going to go up. Herbert obviously going up. Keenan Allen. And I. this offense is just something to marvel at. I'm so excited for what the Chargers are going to do this year. Uh, the fact that they didn't have to trade out is really why I got the plus and not just an A or an A-. minus. Uh, I love building on the O-line. I think that, honestly, when like taking a step back and looking, the teams that took the receiver, I think that this is going to help more than Chase to the Bengals. It's going to help more than Waddle to the Dolphins. And it's honestly going to help more than Smith to the Eagles. I think that this is how you do the best for your young quarterback is by producing a good O-line before you're producing the good receivers. It's going to open up so much. I really still love their defense. Didn't have to move. A-plus pick for sure. I'll see you guys at the 14th pick. 
And with the 14th pick, my New York Jets have just traded up for the guy that I had hoped would fall to 23, but you gotta go up and get your guy. The New York Jets trade the 23rd pick and both of their third rounders, that is the second pick in the third round, as well as the Seattle Seahawks third rounder, to go all the way up to 14 for the 14th pick, as well as a Minnesota Vikings fifth rounder to select Elijah Vera Tucker, guard at a USC. I love this pick. I think that this is the way that championships are made. You build in the trenches. You've got your young quarterback. The receivers are young. They're pushing forward. This is exactly what I wanted as a player. I can't honestly say that I would have wanted them to trade up to get him. I would have so much rather he'd fallen down to 23. So I'm going to be giving this pick a B plus. I think that for the player, for who it is, it was an amazing pick for what they gave up. It makes it not an A. I think that if they had gotten him at the 23rd pick, it would have been an A plus pick. But the fact that we had to compound two thirds to get the guy that we wanted. Clearly, I think interior O-line was our biggest need or was the Jets' biggest need last year. They both, Greg Van Rotten and Alex Lewis, are atrocious I think Connor McGovern stays at the center. Makai Becton on the left tackle. This is going to be one of the, uh, probably the best young left side of the O-line in the league. This is definitely how you build up a championship roster. All the Jets have done in years past is signed too old and declining free agents for way too much and disregarded the offensive line and disregarded all these bad stuff. Joe Douglas is here to make an impact, to build on the trenches and to not have Zach Wilson be scrambling for his life. They trade up and get the insurance that this is the exact, like I just said, last pick with Rashawn Slater. This is the better way to build for a young quarterback. Rather than taking the receiver, you get the offensive line the help that it's ne- that is needed. I think George Fant is a more than fine left tackle. Makai Becton is a fantastic other tackle. It's oh, I love everything that the Jets are doing uh, right now. I think this is a B plus pick with the potential to be so much higher. It's B plus because of the stuff that they had to give, but they definitely made the right move by getting AVT at any means possible. I will see you guys at pick fifteen, but I'm loving the way that things are going right now. And with the 15th pick, the New England Patriots have solved their quarterback woes. And they officially take Mac Jones, quarterback from Alabama, to be their new Tom Brady savior. I assume that this will mean that they go into the year with Cam Newton as the starter. But this is their making their mark. I'm going to give this one a B, maybe B+. I'm leaning actually, okay, I'm leaning more towards B. Here's my thinking. I think that they, in my mock draft, most recently in my final mock draft, I had them trading up. And the fact that they didn't have to trade up and he actually fell down to 15 to get him, I, I really like that aspect of it. But also when you're thinking about it, they what's the difference between Mac Jones and Kellen Mond in two rounds? What's the difference between a lot of those picks? I think that it definitely it definitely fits the Patriots system. I think that he is very Brady-esque in that he can make the short passes, but that now it's not a situation where it's like, oh, you got the running quarterback, it's fine, it doesn't matter if you have the bad receivers. Now they're really gonna have a problem at wide receiver because they have a non-mobile quarterback. I think that Belichick will do amazing things with him. Don't get me wrong. He will definitely be very, very good. I just, 
I, I don't know. There's a, obviously because of his negatives, because of his cons, because he's, I know that people say that he's quote unquote NFL ready, but I think that his floor is so much lower than the other guys. His floor is, floor is honestly probably lower than like Kellen Mond. And I think that Mond would have done so great with Belichick, but obviously quarterback is the position in football. And if the Patriots really feel like Mac Jones can be the guy that is the successor to Tom Brady and he can be successful on this new roster, then by all means, it is a great pick. I mean, if they really feel confident in him, who am I to tell them that they are not the ones making the right pick, especially with that position? That's so important. The Patriots have gotten shit like this right time and time again. So I obviously can't say that he's going to be a bust. He's going to suck, whatever. But it's, it is what it is. I'm going to give it a B, leaning a little bit, a little bit B plus just because they did get their guy and they didn't have to trade up for him. But with his floor, with his whatever, I'm going to go B, leave it at a flat B, and I will see you guys with the next pick. And now with the 16th pick in the NFL draft, the Arizona Cardinals just selected Zaven Collins, uh, coverage linebacker out of Tulsa. And overall, I don't really love this pick. I think that they reached on a dude in a position where there was another guy in Jeremiah Usu-Koromoa out of Notre Dame that does everything that Zaven Collins does, but a little bit better. I think that even especially over the last week, Zaven Collins was going from a top 20s type guy, then fell to end of the first, and then was even talked about as being an early second mid-second type guy, the fact that he ended up going as far as 16 above Jeremiah Usukoromoa, who I thought had the potential to go above Micah Parsons, they already have Isaiah Simmons. Jordan Hicks is obviously on his way out. Nothing good, nothing to marvel at. It is a position of need. I can't dispute that. But just with Jeremiah Usu koromo on the board and where people had him being taken consensus, I think that another team would have been so down to trade up to 16, they could have traded back and still gotten Zayvon Collins in the mid to late 20s if they're going to go Zayvon Collins. I think personally Jeremiah Usu koromo would have fit this team even better. I think he plays a very similar role to Isaiah Simmons and uh, honestly it's a C I mean they definitely were right to go defense over offense that was definitely not what they should have done but I don't know I, I just don't feel too confident in where they picked him and who they picked him over it was definitely a position of need which is why I'm not giving it D or F but a C is definitely seems fitting for a guy that when th- this is the first like jump of 20 picks this was wow he was projected to go a lot later but he went a lot earlier not some third round guy that went in the first round he was definitely projected to be first in a lot of mock drafts but I don't know I'm gonna give it a C we'll wait and see didn't mean for that to be a joke and i'll see you guys at 17 (laughs) raiders what the fuck are you guys doing i am dumbfounded the las vegas raiders with the 17th selection in the nfl draft just took alex leatherwood left tackle from alabama i cannot believe this in my personal opinion i had Christian Derrissaw, walker little tevin jenkins dylan radins samuel cosme Liam Eikenberg, and maybe even Brady Christensen, all tackle prospects prospects ranked above Alex Leatherwood, a guy that I expected to go maybe late second, early third, has just gone within the top 20 picks in the NFL draft, and I am so surprised. It is definitely a position of need, but I have to, have to, have to give this one a D. D, I'm leaning maybe towards D minus. Just based on where he was consensus projected, you so, so, so could have traded down so much and gotten a 
the same tackle prospect, even a better one in the early second round, late first, anything. I already have hated the Oakland Raiders and the way that they're headed so much. This was an awful pick for who was on the board, for where they selected. They overdrafted at I, Jeremiah Usu-Koromo was on the board. Every edge rusher. I know that Max Crosby and Yannick Ngakwe are solid, but Jalen Phillips would have been a better pick. Aziz Ojolari would have been a better pick. Both the corners, Caleb Farley and Greg Newsom, I think those would have both been better picks. Jeremiah Usu-Koromo, you guys heard from me, I said to the Raiders is one of the best possible fits. I think that they needed linebacker more than tackle as well. They just signed Colton Miller to a multi-year deal, and I know that there's obviously two tackles, but they... They're just putting all this money, they just put all this money into a tackle and they get another one and he's my 8th or ninth ranked guy. I just can't help but giving it a D and thinking that this is only going to help plummet the Raiders even farther. If you're a Raiders fan, I assume that you are not only dumbfounded, but you are crying as well. It is not a good pick for where it was. They should have traded down if they really felt like Leatherwood was the best. They had it like, I mean, to each his own. Exactly. I know that they clearly felt that Leatherwood was the third best tackle in this draft. But if you did, other teams feel like other ones are so much higher that you should trade down and still take your guy. Like, it makes so much more sense than to overdraft this high. This is an even bigger overdraft than the Zayvon Collins pick. I'm going to give this one a D flat. I don't like the pick, and I think that they are not headed in the right direction, especially after this one. I will see you guys at the 18th pick, but not really loving what Vegas has been doing over the entire offseason, and this helps cap it. They are not in a great place. And see you guys in the next pick. And with the 18th pick in the draft, the Miami Dolphins select Jalen Phillips, Edge, also out of Miami. I love this pick. This is an A-plus pick. This is another A-plus to add on to Rashawn Slater, Zach Wilson, and Trevor Lawrence. This is the best Edge prospect in the draft. He is going to a team. I know that they really do have an efficient defense, but... He is going to help out that edge so, so, so much. They already have Ogba. They have one of the top secondaries in the league. I really like this pick. I think this is going to make them have a above, above average edge presence. He's the best guy available. They didn't need to trade up to get it. That is an A-plus pick for sure. His bag of moves, he has so many... He's so speedy, so quick, so good to the bend to get around the tackle to get to the quarterback is unlike anybody else in this draft. Miami did definitely, definitely, definitely need to address edge. I could have seen them going Tevin Jenkins here, but I think overall this is a great pick. A plus pick for Miami. And now with the next pick, the Washington football team just selected Jamin Davis, middle linebacker out of Kentucky, and I'm going to be giving that one a B. I'm not going to go low on it. He has skyrocketed draft boards. I, I really was trying to research the draft the last two years, and I really couldn't think of anybody else that skyrocketed from, I think, literally a month ago, he was looked at as a fifth, fourth-round guy, maybe sneak into the third, and now he's going as high as 19. I like Cole Holcomb, and their front seven just got even better. Uh, he's a coverage guy. This will just help their front seven so much. Their defense is so great. The reason why I'm not giving it any higher than a B is because I do think that Rashad Bateman or Tevin Jenkins or another tackle might have been a little bit better of a pick there. But I love what Jamin Davis does. I love the skills that he has. Middle linebacker was definitely the weakest part of their defense. I think that they shouldn't have gone defense, but if they were going to go defense, it was definitely middle linebacker. I really hope that they now address their other tackle spot in the second round. But for now, Jamin Davis is a very solid pick. Coverage guy, definitely going to 
clog up the middle. That front seven has got to be the number one in the NFL. I'm giving it a B. No higher, no lower. Should have gone tackle. Instead went linebacker. It's a great player. It's a B. Whoa, I do not know how to feel about this next pick. The Giants, after trading down all the way from 11, all the way to 20, have just selected wide receiver out of Florida, Kadarius Toney. This has been my guy. I said it in my last video that it is the guy that I love most in this entire draft. He's my my guy. But when I really look at the Giants receivers, is he so much better than Sterling Shepard? Is he so much better than Darius Slayton? I don't know. I don't think that you could make an 100% assertion that he is better than them. I think he will get the two, and him and Galladay will be this new dynamic combo. But the fact that you took him over Bateman, I don't know. Personally, I was the only one who had him over Bateman. The, uh, everyone else that I saw had Bateman as the better player. I think I was the only one that had Tony a little bit higher, and now Tony's going higher, and I don't know how to feel because though I was right in that he is my my guy, I think that he is going to be so good as this gadget player in that offense, you might have missed out on an opportunity. They could have done a double trade back. Honestly, actually, now that I'm thinking too, the fact that they also got the Chicago first and were still able to get Kadarius Tony really shows that they were good. It, it also shows the fact that the Eagles traded up to 10 above the Giants, the Giants traded back and still selected a receiver, shows that they were definitely going to take Devonta Smith 11, and they've definitely just been looking for a receiver at this pick too. After you go, you went out and got Kenny Galladay and signed him for so, so, so much money. After you went out and you got John Ross, you went out and got Kyle Rudolph, you got all these receiving pieces, to then trade down and still select a receiver in the first round. Makes me say that this pick is a B-. minus. Also because it was taken before... Rashad Bateman, who I think is a, like a little bit, a little, 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 little bit better right now. And that's where everybody had him consensus. So you probably could have done a flip-flop with somebody who thought that Bateman was better. But t Tony, it's uh, he's one of my favorite guys. This is really going to help step up Daniel Jones and give him a... This is the draft of give your young, wide, your young quarterback a young wide receiver to pair with him. I really like the way that this Giants offense is going, but I can't see it helping explode so, so, so much in this early time. I would love to see Tony prove me wrong and be this unreal gadget guy, and he was the best receiver in this draft. You know how much I love him, how much I want to see him succeed succeed, but I just don't know where it was picked, all that. I'm going to give it a B minus, but I still really love Tony. I'm still really excited to see what he does in big blue. Uh, Kadarius Tony to the Giants at 20. Wow. B minus pick. I'll see you guys at 21. And with the 21st pick in the 2021 NFL draft, the Indianapolis Colts select edge rusher Quiddy Pay out of Michigan. I really like this pick. I'm going to give it an A-. I, I said it before. I think that they really need edge rusher. Jalen Phillips was off the board. I personally and everybody thought that he was the consensus number two edge rusher. He definitely can really bulldoze the the edge. Justin Houston is still there, who I think that they they already had such a great defense. The thing that they were missing was that person that could just consistently get to the quarterback without having to blitz, and they are hoping that pay can be that. I assume that pay can be that. It, they, they did not need a move at all to take him. They still got their edge rusher that they really wanted. I could have seen them go Ojolari, maybe Rousseau, somebody like that, but I really like the pick. A-. I'm 
I'm tempted to maybe give it an A, but A minus I think is more suited. They also definitely could have gone Elijah Moore or Rashad Bateman with both of them still on the board. I know they re-signed T.Y. Hilton to a one-year deal. He'll be gone by next year, and I know they like Michael Pittman, Zach Pascal, Paris Campbell, the other young guys that are at their receiving core. But instead, they took the edge guy that they needed. It was definitely a position of need. Best guy available. A minus pick for Quiddy Pay to the Colts. I'll see you guys at the next pick. With the 23rd pick in the NFL draft, the Tennessee Titans select Virginia Tech corner Caleb Farley, a guy who was considered by a lot of people to be the best corner in this draft physically, like what he brings to the table. He did fall and become the third cornerback taken because of his injury concerns of his back. Like I had expected in my mock, I said that he was going to fall around to this range, the early 20s. They stopped the skid. I personally think that the Titans needed corner and defense more than they needed receiver. I know Elijah Moore was on the board. I know Rashad Bateman is on the board. I know that there are some good receivers and a lot of people, it sounded like based on the draft and all that, they wanted somebody to to fill the Corey Davis role, but I think that going defense is a lot better and more necessary. This dude can easily lock up your number one guy. It's obviously you're taking a risk, but I think that the Titans are in a really great place to take that risk. They have a very, they still have Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, AJ Brown on offense, a great offensive line, so you would like to at least assume that they can still maintain the efficiency that they have for a while because of Derrick Henry and his ability to consistently pick up six, seven yards every Every single time on defense they really didn't have anybody they lost all three of their corners both their safeties Jadavian Clowney they signed Rashawn Evans for only a one-year deal uh, their defense was crumbling very very fast and this is a great way to patch that up I'm going to give this pick an A minus I am not giving it any higher because of the injury concerns so obviously you're taking a risk versus if you were to take like a Greg Newsome who I think is also very very talented with less risk but a much lower ceiling I huge, huge, huge ceiling, and if this pick hits, then that is the perfect position that they would need at this place to get a shutdown corner. I really like the pick. I didn't see them doing it. I, I, for some reason in my mind, I'm like, they're definitely going to go Bateman. It just felt too written in the stars, but instead they go Farley. I think that that is the right pick. It's not going to be sexy because he keeps falling. I think it was, the, the talent is there. Great pick, A-. minus. And with the 23rd pick in the draft, the Minnesota Vikings select Christian Derisaw, the tackle out of Virginia Tech. Personally, my third best tackle and a guy that I saw going within the top 20 picks for sure. The Vikings got to trade down and still get one of the best lineman O-line prospects in the entire draft. I think the... Third, honestly, I think that he's a little, little, little bit more talented than Elijah Barry Tucker. I know that they play different positions, but it fills in the Riley Reef role. I really, really love this pick. Not only did they get to compound the extra thirds from the Jets, but they also got to keep, they, they got to fill in their line. The line was definitely the piece that I saw them addressing in this first round. They did exactly that. They let a dude slide, didn't trade up, actually traded down, and still got him. This is an A pick for sure. I mean, I think that you guys are seeing some type of trend that I'm really liking all the offensive line picks because I think that they're not only going at great value because I, because of how needed the O-line is, I felt like there would be some sort of push for them to all really go up so much higher than we expected. But still, y year in and year out, the receivers are the ones that are going in the beginning. 
I think I'm actually going to have an entire video talking about the fact that the receivers are going first and that they let Darisaw slide. Uh, he's definitely better than Leatherwood, who was taken by the Raiders at 17. I think that he is around Tevin Jenkins. He's better than Tevin Jenkins, actually. So, yeah, it, I, I really didn't even remember that he was still on the board because I had originally had him so high. So I was chanting for Tevin Jenkins to be picked, and it ended up being Darisaw, which is even better. This is definitely an A selection. Fills in the O-line, definitely necessary. I love the pick. And went from loving the pick to hating the pick. At 24, the Pittsburgh Steelers did it. They really did it, and they selected running back Najee Harris out of Alabama at the 24th selection. I cannot stress it enough to you guys. When you look at the recency of NFL running backs, most recently Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the first round, not worth it. Josh Jacobs in the first round, also at pick 24, not worth it. Saquon, I know that he was okay, but injuries, not worth it. We are seeing so, so often, Austin Eckler, undrafted guy, that 2017 class had dudes going in third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, undrafted, that were all productive. Over the last few years, we're seeing last year, Antonio Gibson, all these guys that are going later than the first round have production. The Steelers were inept after their win streak stopped. They were not good anymore. They were below average on offense and a lot of, and it was all such a short game. They needed new O-line. They needed to fill the corners. They need uh, safeties, they're fine. Linebacker, they're okay. Edge rusher, I think they needed somebody on the other side of TJ Watt. They needed somebody on the interior line and instead they went and got the running back. They could have traded down and still gotten it. They could have done a lot of other stuff. I'm going to give this one a D. I think that it's not an F because it will obviously help the offense. I personally even think Travis Etienne was higher. I could go as far as to say Javante Williams is better. I don't think that he will be unproductive. Don't get me wrong. He could literally be the best running back in the NFL by next year. And I still think that it's a bad pick because of the shelf life of running backs, the other players that are around them, and what's going to affect the team long term to equal wins. This is just not it. I can only see him. He'll be great and solid for four years, not get paid, and then he'll either have to get paid and it'll be too much. It'll be so like. It would be so much better around this area to go Tevin Jenkins, Jason Owe, Gregory Rousseau, so many other guys that I think could have made so much more of an impact. I honestly think trade down and take another quarterback. Uh, trade down and take one of those mid-tier running backs. Uh, Joe, Michael Carter and... Chuba Hubbard and all these guys I think would be just as productive in that Steelers backfield. They have the good receivers. Ben is getting old. Their O-line is crumbling in front of our eyes. And the defense, though it is productive, it has holes. You can't disregard the holes. It, The left outside linebacker, they lost Bud Dupree. They Tyson Alualu is old as hell, and I don't even think he's on the team anymore. They need interior D-line. They need corner help. Joe Hayden's old. This was just not the best pick that it could have been. Even if they had taken ETN here, I think that any running back going in the first round is a wasted pick. We have seen that over the last few years, and teams just cannot get it through their head. It is a bad pick. I don't love it. D for the Steelers. I am dumbfounded 
And with the 25th pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the ones who found the diamond in the rough with James Robinson last year on a thousand yard undrafted running back. They take a running back. They take Travis Etienne. What are they doing? I am, I am out of my mind right now. I don't know what to say. They just, if you have James Robinson in fantasy and dynasty, so long. He is duty now. I'm giving it a D minus. I'm not giving it an F because he is teammates with Trevor Lawrence and they're bringing back that connection. But again, the Jaguars too. They won one game last season. Running back is not what they go here. They need a line. They need another edge rusher. They need another corner. They needed a safety. They need linebackers. They need defensive line. They need all, I think they could have gone receiver. They, Bateman was on the board. All these guys, and instead they went Travis Etienne. It, it is appalling how no one has figured this out. I could see both being the best running back in the league, and it still is not worth it. It can't be. When you see the production that players that are going later than the first round do, they literally just had one last year. This is making me so upset. You guys can hear the anger in my voice that teams have not learned it, and it's just going to be another cycle where they're going to learn, like, but say that ETN's even bad for like a second, Robinson's going to get the majority of the touches, and then what, they just wasted a first round pick, that could have been Trayvon Merrig, could have been Greg Newsome, could have been Jeremiah Ousukoromoa is still on the board, for God's sakes, I thought that he would go so much higher. I don't know what to make of this draft. I don't know what to make of these last two picks. I think that running back should never go in the first round. Not this year. Whoever gets Michael Carter, Gainwell, and Javante Williams, and all these guys later in the draft, it'll be so, so much better. I just don't see... And, like... Even the Steelers, you can make a little bit more of a point. I still think that they need help at corner. They need help at edge rusher. They need help at O-line. But you can make the case they did go on a winning streak, so they don't need anybody else. The Jaguars won one game. You are not in a place to take a running back first round after you won one game. Your, clear, your team is clearly not at a place where it should be doing that. I think Trevor Lawrence is happy, Urban Meyer is happy, and no one else is. It is the flashy pick, but it will result to so many less wins than what it could have been if it was the alternative. If it was Jeremiah Usukorma, oh my gosh. I don't know what to make of the two running backs going. D and D minus, D minus for ETN. Wow. Wow is all I have to say. See you guys at the next pick. And at the next selection, just to ease my pain a little bit more, the Cleveland, like, uh, I'm definitely getting back. The Cleveland Browns just selected Greg Newsome, cornerback at a Northwestern. I give this a B plus. I'm not going to give it an A because I thought that Jeremiah Usukoromoa would be the pick. I think that they needed a coverage linebacker and interior D-line a little bit more. But Newsom is probably the most talented guy that's left on the board. They got Troy Hill. It sadly means that they probably don't have much faith in Greedy Williams. But corner was definitely a position of need. He could be the two alongside Denzel Ward. 
I, they have a great corner. They just keep adding to such a great team. I love the way that this team is going. I'm not going to give it in the A's just because of who else is available. And I think that if they got Jeremiah Usukormo, I said that that was literally an A++++ pick. But they didn't. They kept it a little bit safer. They went Newsome. I like Troy Hill, so it's kind of eh that he's not going to be the second corner. But you know what? Good pick overall. B-plus selection for the Cleveland Browns, a team headed in the right direction, making the necessary improvements on defense. They definitely didn't need to go offense. Their offense is already so efficient, so great. I like the pick, B-plus. See you guys at the next one. And with the 27th pick, I have the Baltimore Ravens. They let the man slide. I thought they were going to go Katerius Tony here, but instead they get Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota. This is an A, maybe A-plus. I think I'm going to... Stay, res stay respectable, give it an A. This is who Lamar needed. This is going to be their one. He's going to be better than Hollywood Brown, better than any of the other guys that are on that roster. I mean, Mark Andrews is a little bit more talented, but he is so, so good. I thought he would go top 24 sure. The fact that he continued to fall, 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 and then went to such a great organization that has done great things with wide receivers. I think Rashad Bateman is a fantasy sleeper this year. He has a chance to really blast off if Lamar wants to continue to throw more and more and really improve his passing game. I I think that a smaller, speedy receiver like Bateman is exactly what they need. I think that even though they don't have that physical threat, it works so much better in the running offense. He can do some speed sweeps. He could do some behind-field action. Not as much as Kadarius Toney, but I think that he's a better receiver itself than Kadarius Toney. So speedy. Going to do so many great things for this Baltimore offense. That is an A pick for sure. Getting Lamar the receiver that he needed. You can shut up all the things about how bad their receiving core is. They've got another first coming later. I would love to see what they do there. Hopefully they go edge rusher, O-line, something like that. But Bateman, great pick. Great way to let him slide and you still get him. Great pick. Love it. And with the Saints pick, they select Peyton Turner, edge rusher out of Houston. I'm going to give this one a B. I think leading up to the draft, he has been shooting, shooting, shooting up draft boards. The Saints did need edge rush. I think a little bit, I'm a bigger fan of Jason Owe, uh, Azizo Jalari, Greg Rousseau a little bit. Uh, I Maybe Joe Tryon as well, but he's definitely a very explosive and big-bodied edge rusher. They are getting a guy that is going to create impact on the other side of Cam Jordan after they just lost Trey Hendrickson. I personally thought that they'd either go corner and maybe go Melifanwu out of Syracuse, maybe go Elijah Moore, Terrence Marshall, uh, Deami Brown, somebody like that to go along the other side of Michael Thomas. But overall, it was not a bad pick. I think that he, he has been rising, and though people aren't going to know his name as much, he will definitely be effective in that Saints defense. They already have great linebackers. I would have liked to see them go receiver, but it's a B pick. So Peyton Turner out of Houston to the New Orleans Saints. I like it. I'll see you guys with the next pick. And now with changing the pace, we went from a couple good picks. I think this one's dropping down a little bit. Uh, the Packers go Eric Stokes, cornerback out of Georgia. Uh, just at the placement of this pick, at uh, it was definitely, definitely a position of need. Kevin King is not good enough to be their cornerback, too, and I thought they definitely needed a cornerback. 
but in my honest opinion, there were better guys on the board, especially Tyson Campbell, his teammate in Georgia, who I think is a little bit better than him, Melifonwu, who I think is better, I like Eric Stokes, I like Tay Gowan, I like Adebo, I like a couple guys a little bit more, it was definitely a position that they needed, so I can't obviously shoot it down too much if they really feel high on him then so be it but I don't know like I'm feeling mixed emotions for some reason after the whole Aaron Rodgers situation played out and the fact that he now wants out I thought that they would just give him an extra twist of the knife and take Elijah Moore and finally get the receiver that he had been wanting for so long they still refrain from getting a first round running back for now the 100th year in a row even though Elijah Moore was on the board, Deami Brown was on the board, all these guys are on the board, they still go corner. I'm going to give this one a C. It's not fantastic for all, who else was on the board. They could have even traded down and maybe compiled that into two, maybe another defensive lineman, maybe another receiver, something like that. I'm giving this pick a C. And with the 30th pick in the NFL draft, the Buffalo Bills select Gregory Rousseau, edge rusher out of Miami, a guy that I think I was higher on than most. I am very pleased to see him ultimately go in the first round. It was definitely a position of need. I think Jason Owe would have been a little bit better. Aziz Ojolari would have been a little bit better. But the talent and the upside of Rousseau, given his athleticism and his size, is so off the charts. The Bills do have... A, 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 enough breathing room where they can do this. I I have thought personally that their front seven might be the thing that's holding them back, so the fact that they're improving that is good. It's not a guy who I think is going to day one step in and just be unfriggin' real, but he's definitely a project that you got to work on under Jerry Hughes. They also have AJ Epinesa coming on the other side. Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano or their linebackers should also be taking steps up. I like this pick. I think that a lot of people aren't, and I'm personally a big fan of it. I'm going to give it a B. I, I think that it can range from B minus to B plus. It's, I'm going to give it a B. It's a project when they kind of need a guy that's going to hit the ground running right now, but as a team that has Super Bowl hopes, they can take a flyer on a guy that has the potential to be a top 10 edge rusher in this league. So I'm going to ultimately give this a B. I think it's very high upside very big potential to bust. AJ Epinesa's not looking like the player that he was last year, but he should take a big jump. I, I like the pick, B. And with the 31st pick in the NFL draft, the Baltimore Ravens, with their second first-round pick, like Jason Owe, edge rusher out of Penn State, I really love this move. I think that he has so much potential. He's going to do a fantastic job of filling in for the Matt Judon role. They just lost him to the Patriots in free agency. They have a crumbling front seven slowly. I mean, Calais Campbell's still there, but he's not so productive. Derek Wolf not so productive anymore. It's definitely continuing to regress and regress and regress. This is definitely a great way to bolster that back up. I think doing a great job of solidifying a position of need. He was arguably the best guy. I think Ojolari I had a little bit higher, but Owe was definitely a first-round guy for me. I think he even dropped a little bit farther than where I could have seen him being taken, but uh, overall, great pick. I'm going to give this one an A-. minus. It's The Baltimore Ravens have consistently produced really great pass rushers, and a guy with such a high ceiling, such a great bend. I know he didn't have any sacks in college, but he can get to the quarterback. He creates pressures. That is exactly what the Baltimore Ravens need on defense. They have pretty solid 
solid secondary, amazing corners, solid safeties. Patrick Queen, their second time taking a linebacker. Uh, you know what? I really, really like it. I'm going to give this one an A-, minus, and I'll see you guys with the next pick. Buccaneers, last pick in the first round. And with the last pick in the first round, the Buccaneers go Joe Tryon, edge rusher out of Washington. Really like this pick. I mean, they did re they had zero positions of need. I thought that there was even a there was even a chance that they could have gone quarterback here. They I think overall I was thinking either O line or corners, but I guess continue to add to the edge rushers. They signed Shaq Barrett to a multi year deal. They obviously still have JPP, but just continue adding, adding, adding. They obviously. Edge rusher was so, so important to them, being that they had Patrick Mahomes scrambling the entire time in the Super Bowl. So just continuing to add to such a stacked unit, that well, that's the luxury that you get with Tom Brady when he gets to bring in all these veterans on low deals like Antonio Brown, making you have less and less and less needs. Every, they brought the whole gang back together, and Joe Tryon is just an amazing add-on. I'm going to give that one a B plus. It's, I, like... Uh, it could have been lower, could have been higher. They really didn't have a position of need that they should have filled. So even though they don't need a rusher, they really didn't need anybody else. I'm going to go B+. Great depth and an overall just great player to add to such an amazing team. And that is it for the first round, ladies and gentlemen. The first draft that me, Jason Schwartz of the Sauce Lab podcast, has ever given my live analysis. I had so much fun. There was a lot of crazy picks. There was a lot of shitty picks. I'm going to quickly run through all the picks and give you my favorites and least favorites. Okay, so with my top five, this is immediately off the head. I just jotted this down, so I think that after more time of thinking and consideration, I might change this list, but this is literally, I am recording this at 12.15 a.m. immediately after the draft ended. The top five best picks for their value, for who they got, for the team, for their position of need, for everything surrounding it. In order, the number one best pick, Rashawn Slater to the Chargers at 13. Number two, Jalen Phillips to the Dolphins at 18. Number three, Rashad Bateman to the Ravens at 27. Number four, Christian Darisaw to the Vikings at 23. And number five, Justin Fields to the Bears at 11. All five of these picks, they maximized their talent. Rashawn Slater, they gave Herbert exactly what they needed. Didn't need to trade up for it. J Dolphins didn't need to trade up and still got the best edge rusher in the class. Ravens didn't need to move at all and got, I think, the fourth best receiver who should have gone top 18, ended up sliding all the way down to 27. Darisaw, who I thought was a lock for top 15, Vikings traded down, gained assets, and still got the third best alignment, and the Bears finally solved their QB woes, hopefully, with Justin Fields in their move up. Now for my top five worst picks of the draft, this is the same criteria for where they were drafted for all of that. I've got number one, Travis Etienne to the Jaguars at 25, Alex Leatherwood to the Raiders at 17, Najee Harris to the Steelers at 24, Kyle Pitts to the Falcons at 4, Zaven Collins to the Cardinals at 16. I think all of these were misses of picks. They could have been so, many, so much better players at better positions. Both of the running back picks, I still cannot justify, and it's still boils my blood so much that people have not learned and hopefully this will be another example where I improved right that the running back position should not go in the first round. Number two, Alex Leatherwood. I don't like it as much because of the other tackles that were available. Kyle Pitts at four. 
just because of their availability to trade up or trade down, I'm sorry, but instead they took the tight end even though their receiving core is so good. That's eh. And then lastly, Zayvon Collins. Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa is still on the board, ladies and gentlemen. I do not know how he fell out of the first round, but he did. And that is the end of my first round draft analysis. I hope you guys had just as fantastic of a night as me. As a Jets fan, I'm so happy leaving with a new quarterback, new and improved O-line. Really, if you're any team, you have to leave the draft. So ecstatic, because even if your team didn't make the pick that you wanted, they still improved at a position that the team felt was necessary. I love the draft so much, and I cannot wait for day two and three. You guys will see so many videos coming up so so soon of diamonds in the rough, best picks, worst pick. I'm going to be really reading into all these picks and giving my best analysis. I want to do so much with this. So thank you guys so much. Have a fantastic day. I think I'm going to also be chopping up a lot of this podcast and throwing it into TikTok. So comment all your guys' favorite takes through here, and I'm going to put them into a TikTok video for sure. Have an amazing day. Don't forget to tell your friends to listen to the Sauce Lab podcast. You know, I got a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff right in my mock draft, and I think that I'm going to just continue doing that here on the Sauce Lab podcast. I hope that you guys have a fantastic day. Go crazy. It's draft season. Have a great day. Peace.